It's the Americhips with Kim Monson. Now, while this is all going on, I went through President Trump's speech and uh, Chuck and Nancy's rebuttal. The most important story. The American people finally said enough, and that is why they elected Donald Trump. The latest in politics and world affairs. It's almost unbelievable that Trump has extricated the U.S. from the Iran nuclear deal. And opinions and ideas that prepare you to tackle the day ahead. Because ideas matter. It's the Americhicks, dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. Indeed, let's have a conversation. Welcome to the Americhicks. Be sure and check out my website, americhicks.com. Sign up for my email newsletter at americhicks.com forward slash Kim. I'll keep you apprised of all the upcoming guest topics and important events. I am the Americhicks on Facebook and Twitter, uh, offering you a conservatarian perspective. Thank you for all of you that are liking and following me. Greatly appreciate it. And uh, a great shout out. And uh, I'm so grateful for producer Steve, Zach, and the fabulous work that he is doing on the website and social media. Researcher Patty and SoundCloud guru Keith. Thank you for all of your good work. Hey, uh, Producer Steve, today is the home opener for the Rockies. Yes, the Rocks come home. They're three and four in their standings, and the (laughs) dreaded Dodgers have come to town. Well, uh, it should be a beautiful day, and so spring is finally here. And so welcome. It is Friday. Uh, We're going to go through some headlines in segments one and two. Segments three and four, I'm talking with Bob Woodson. He is a former civil rights activist, and I saw him on one of the national shows. I saw him on Tucker Carlson several weeks ago, and I thought, you know, I'd really like to get him on the show. So reached out to him, and he had some thoughts regarding uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, AOC, and all of her young socialist cronies. And you won't want to miss it because uh, he was in the civil rights uh, fight. I think he even went uh, was in jail, and he uh, totally disagrees with what uh, AOC is is doing. And so it's an excellent uh, conversation that we're going to have with him. Uh, But as we get into this, first of all, we talk so much about having conversations. But in order to have conversations, we need to arm ourselves with uh, with with our principles. We need to understand why we believe what we believe. And so that is why I've been partnering with uh, Dr. Tom Cranowitter and Bethany, his whole team, as well as Jen Hewlin at Water's Edge Winery in Centennial and Maria and Steve Martz in Castle Rock. They have Colorado Cork and Keg. Jen Hewlin has Water's Edge Winery. And we are bringing you uh, Vino and Veritas, Wine and Truth, and we are studying the Federalist Papers. It's a year-long study, although each of the, the lectures will stand alone, which is great. But people are just loving it, and uh, they're just hungry for this knowledge to find out. This is such an important uh, 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 work to understand. It makes the case for the Constitution of the United States of America. And when we see how it is, the Constitution is under assault, you have all of these politicians that when they get into office, they swear to uphold the Constitution of the United States, yet the Electoral College, which is embedded in the Constitution, and it was put there to protect the, the minority, the, the, the smallest minority is the individual. And it was put in place to actually make sure that the, the large states didn't overrun the small states, that we protected the voices of, of everyone. And now we see, Steve, 
so many of these politicians are trying to get rid of the Electoral College. And I don't know how you put your hand out and say, I swear to uphold it. And then the next thing you do, you're passing and signing legislation like what has happened right here in Colorado with the national popular vote, which is a direct affront to the Constitution. So that's why Vino and Veritas is so important. And for more information, go to americhicks.com forward slash Vino and fill out the form. We do hope to get Vino and Veritas Northern Colorado. Uh, we'd like to get it started in May, but let us know if you're interested in any of these so that we can gauge our, uh, our uh, interest on that. Additionally, our presenting sponsor at Vino and Veritas Centennial was Susan Kochevar with the 88 Drive-In Theater. And Susan is an entrepreneur. She's a small business person, and she's out there. She volunteers a lot of time to protect small business here in Colorado and in the United States. Today is not only the opening day for the Rockies, it's also opening day for 88 Drive-In Theater. And Susan's opening with the movie Shazam, which is about a streetwise 14-year-old foster kid who can turn into a superhero. And it's a great, fun event, an evening. Take the family. For more information, check out 88drivein.net. That's 88drivein.net. Can I take and, a second uh, so, to uh, congratulate you? Sure. Okay. Uh, I mean, this, back to Vino and Veritas for a second. There's a concept that we started in January, you started in January, and already there's a, a chapter, if you will, or a group in Castle Rock, and now you're you know working uh, feverishly on uh, Fort Collins. This is this is quite an accomplishment, and I think you and and anybody involved, Doctor K, and uh, you know all the the, the host Bethany uh, businesses yeah, and, and, the and whatnot. Yeah, this is uh, this is quite an accomplishment. So, congrats to you all. Well, thank you. And you know what? It's actually, it's magical. It is absolutely magical to see people hunger for knowledge and get their brains around these concepts and kick the tires and and not everybody agrees on it. But this is what we need to do as we need to to start to push back on these radical progressive activists that while we were all sleeping, taking care of our families and building our businesses, they were out preparing to run for office they, they start out at the local level on city councils, school boards, and then they move into the legislature and then into national office. And that is why we have been so asleep at the wheel regarding local, um, local offices. And people that love the American idea need to step up and they need to uh, serve their time. And it's, it, it is a lot of work. And um, but uh, I recommend that everybody step up and do something about that. So thank you so much on that, Steve. Uh, several headlines. And uh, during this first segment, I just wanted to, to shout, you know, mention a, a few things. Now, many of you know that I am a KU basketball fan. Uh, I'm a Kansas farm kid, and uh, uh, I did attend one semester at University of Kansas, and uh, you know, so I I love KU basketball. But I'm pretty frustrated. It's been all over the Internet, but the Western Journal has reported that the University of Kansas is going to begin to offer an angry white male studies class. This is yet another assault upon our our young men. And it's a narrative that is uh, incorrect. When you look at what uh, young white men have done, uh, throughout the history of America, you look at the founding of America. Uh, you know, I, I don't understand why we have to look at color. You know, this seems so racist to me to have a 
a class that is is talking about one specific uh, race, in this case, <clears throat> white men. But we have seen white men throughout American history step up and fight for freedom. Uh, in the Revolutionary War, we've seen white men and black men, but white men primarily in the Civil War that, that had a war that said, we have to figure out this question, is it okay if one man can own another? And the answer is resoundingly no. And again, that was white men that fought that, fought that war generally. And then again, generally in World War II, not, not totally, but it was young uh, white men that uh, stood up to, to Hitler and also to Japan to make sure that tyranny did not um, you know, go throughout the world. And so instead of, of this narrative of angry white men, which would be the outlier, you know, let's talk about the great things that white men have done. I bet you that they're not talking extolling the virtues of all of the, the things that, that young white men did in World War II. And as many of you know, I have a World War II project where I've interviewed over 100 World War II veterans. Those are the stories that need to be taught at KU, not this class. Any comments, Steve? Well, you're, <clears throat> this obviously has struck a nerve with you for all the reasons you've already said. And you probably invested a little bit of time into finding a little bit more about it. Is there a synopsis there? What, what are they saying? What, what's, what's the composition of this endeavor? They're basically, and, and they're going back to 1950. It's the angry white male starting in 1950. So they negate, they don't even look at any of the history before 1950. Uh, and so it's a narrative. I think that they're, uh, I don't really know for sure, but it's a narrative out there. And you see this, and that actually segues right into the next headline that I had. And that is regard, regarding Jesse Smollett. You know, he was trying to push a, a false narrative that there were some angry white guys that attacked him on a cold Chicago street, you know, early, early in the morning. But it was all staged. And then the uh, prosecutor, Kimber Kimberly Fox, uh, uh, they actually dismissed the charges. So just yesterday, the Chicago Police Union announces a vote of no confidence for the top prosecutor, Kimberly Fox, over the Jesse Smollett case. But I got to think, Steve, that there's deals being done behind the, the scenes uh, with this Kimberly Fox. She probably hopes to uh, ha gain a higher office. Um, but I think that, you know, this is Chicago politics like I've never seen it before. Well, the, the Ute police union and anybody else who's, you know, drawing up sides, I guess, they really didn't have any choice in this matter. There is so much at stake when you falsify uh, things like this on this scale and you know, the encouragement to others to do the same thing without any, you know, obviously, repercussions. And, and they choose not to prosecute. They drop all the charges. They seal the court records. Why? What, what, what's yeah. your agenda here? Because they don't want people to know the truth. And so I do want to go back just very quickly to this thing on the University of Kansas. I mean, this breaks my heart because this is, I'm, and, and I, you know, I spent a bunch of tuition money there as well. And I think that we as parents and we as donors and we as uh, citizens that are funding quote unquote higher education, I think that we need to probably start to stop the money going to these uh, these uh, um, institutions if this is the kind of stuff that they're going to be teaching, and, uh, and and the excuse is that it's a it's a a class that's uh, an elective. Well, I think it's a bunch of nonsense, 
And I think that we need to be starting to, to teach our kids about the good things and about, you know, striving for higher ideals. And this narrative, this is so wrong. And so I think that we as parents, as donors, and as uh, citizens that are, are letting our legislators put money into higher education, I think that we really need to, to uh, reassess that because this is a bunch of nonsense in my, in my opinion. Uh, we're going to go to break, though. I, I, you can tell. I, I, you know what? It has really struck a nerve with me. You're absolutely, you're just totally right on that, Steve. And um, before we go to break, it is uh, today, like we mentioned, it is the Rockies opener, and Hooters is my sports headquarters. Uh, the Avs, many of you may know, uh, clinched the pl- uh, playoff berth last night, which is really, really exciting. And uh, uh, the nug- Nuggets are also in the playoffs. So. Um, Oh, and tomorrow, tomorrow is the final four. So Hooters is my sports headquarters, and they're the place to watch all the games. Wednesdays are wings days. You can eat all the wings you want for $14.99, and their new smoked wings are delectable and only half the calories. And you can have Hooters wings delivered right to your front doorstep. Uh, You can go in and get an order to go, or you can stay there and watch the game. So for more information, visit HootersColorado.com. That's HootersColorado.com, and let them know that you know the AmeriChicks. When we come back... We'll talk more about the headlines out there. And then in segment uh, three and four, Dr. Bob Woodson regarding his view on AOC and her socialist cronies. All AmeriChick sponsors are an exclusive partnership with the AmeriChicks and are not affiliated or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson and grow your business, contact Kim at AmeriChicks.com. That's AmeriChicks.com. Work with mortgage professionals who will give you quick and accurate financial advice. Home Mortgage Alliance has the knowledge and expertise to explore the many financial options available to you. The mortgage process can be stressful, and as interest rates rise, it's more important than ever to get pre-qualified now so you're ready to buy. Call Kim Sturtz and Mark Cook with Home Mortgage Alliance to make sure that you're making the right financial choice for you and your family. 303-888-2732. Kim and Mark will remain available to you 24-7 to help you through the process. Choose the only mortgage professionals recommended by the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson. Call Kim and Mark with Home Mortgage Alliance today. 303-888-2732. Award-winning realtor Karen Levine has 30 years of experience with REMAX Alliance. Karen Levine believes in home ownership. As a Colorado representative to the National Board of Realtors, Karen Levine works to protect private property rights. Since losing her mother to breast cancer, Karen Levine has helped organize a local fundraising event called Karen's for the Cure, raising money for breast cancer research. Karen Levine comes highly recommended by the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson. Choose Karen Levine to buy or sell your home because she understands that it's more than just a house. Call award-winning realtor Karen Levine with REMAX Alliance today at 303-877-7516. Welcome back to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson, where we're dissecting issues. News, politics, and opinion is right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. Be sure and check out my website, americhicks.com. When we were coming back from break, Mike Gallagher had just mentioned that there's more socialists on the city council in Chicago than there are uh, Republicans. And, of course, uh, love, love the fact you have bumper music from Chicago today. It's all, it all's working out just amazing, Steve. But this is my point. While we were sleeping, uh, we have had these young activist socialists 
Uh, and, and then we also are having other, other folks that kind of bend in the wind that don't stand on principles that have gotten into, uh, onto our city councils and our school boards. And so we, we saw this, we talked a little bit about it yesterday with the vaccinations. There'd been this uh, mandated vaccination legislation that was going through the house, um, uh, down at the legislature here in Colorado. And there seemed to be some pushback on that. And so Governor Polis said that he would not sign that. But they're going to push that down to the local level. They realize if they can't get it done at the state level, then they've taken over so many of these uh, city councils that they can get it done there. And so while we were sleeping, uh, a lot of tough stuff has really happened here in government. And so I, I'm encouraged I know that we can stand up, we can get our brains around these issues, and we need to, everybody has a duty to be a good uh, civil, uh, civil uh, a citizen. And one of the things that you can do to do that is uh, we are just about finished with this really cool book promo that we've done with uh, Laura Carno. She's written a book, Government Ruins Nearly Everything, Reclaiming Social Issues from Uncivil Servants. It's a very quick read, and Steve, uh, I think you've, your book is on the way, but she talks about the four real hot-button issues of abortion, schools, guns, and marriage. And, uh, you know, you may not agree with Laura on everything. I mean, you know, we don't agree with anybody on everything, but the, go out and read books that make you think. Uh, you know, I've been traveling quite a bit lately, and I'm not judging. It's just more of an observation of I see so many people that are, are reading books that don't really seem to appear to have much substance to them. We need to be spending our time kicking around these ideas so that we understand them, so that we, we don't give this American idea up, Steve. Well, you know, are they reading to be informed or are they reading to be entertained? And I know that that's a thin ice statement. <laughs> But it well, goes it, to the heart of the matter. Well, true. And, and I'm not saying that you shouldn't do things that are entertaining. However, y there's a lot of junk out there, too. So there's, you know, things to think about. There's things to be entertained about. And then there's junk. And I would say that you probably need to eliminate junk out of that whole uh, that whole repertoire there. But anyway, we are just about finished with this. Almost all of the books have been uh, signed for. But there's still a few left. So if you would like to get a, a free book, the only thing that we ask is that you submit a review. And uh, Laura has all the instructions on how to do that when you sign up. Go to americhicks.com and sign up for your free copy. You can either get a book, you can get a, an ebook, or you can get, get an audio book. And then uh, be sure and put your review in, and we would greatly appreciate it. And like I say, there's only a few books that are left. Uh, some of the other headlines to, to run through here, I just saw this come across the wire. Theresa May, she, is, she does not want to exit Brexit. You know, she's... Uh, uh, and so she's been trying with the British Parliament, she's been trying to get a deal that she likes that will, I think that will really satisfy the globalists. And consistently, the uh, British Parliament has said no, 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 no. And so it was time, March 29th was when the exit was supposed to happen. I think it's now supposed to happen next Friday. She now wants an extension to June 30. And you see this with politicians, Steve, if they don't get the answer they want, then they keep going back to the drawing board, drawing board, drawing board until they get the answer they want. And then it's final. But uh, the British people, they spoke in the election. Parliament is saying no. They, they want to have uh, their sovereignty. 
this great, this big experiment that they did on globalization, you see people pushing back and they're saying, wait a minute, you know, we are not interested in that. And the globalist, man, they're kicking and screaming. So uh, that just came across the wire. I vividly remember when the whole concept of breakfast first came, bre- <laughs> breakfast, Brexit. breakfast, <laughs> you can tell I'm hungry. Uh, when the whole concept of, of exiting the European Union came out, the little guy, the middle class guy was standing there watching Greece of all places, you know, another country far from England, uh, struggle. You know, Greece has been in trouble uh, economically for a long time, can't get their act together. And he's saying, why should my money be going to bail out a country like Greece? Mm, That's for sure. And again, you know, right in the globalist face, it's like, this is not working. This is not working, and the people are realizing it. And uh, shame on Theresa May. For, for not listening to the will of the people. Of course, <laughs> you know, it, that segues into Colorado. Shame on the Colorado State Legislature and uh, Governor Polis for not listening to the will of the people regarding the fact that we like the oil and gas industry, this responsible, efficient, and reliable energy here in Colorado. But they went ahead and they passed Senate Bill 181, which basically is going to be uh, a, a real chink at the economic well-being of everyday hard-working uh, Coloradoans here. But there's um, that was the other day we talked about. There's so much to talk about, Steve. Uh, but uh, new things here. Patty's done some great research. First thing, Colorado Peak Politics uh, says that uh, the Democrats that are down at the state legislature, they passed a bill out of committee on Wednesday, and it should be on uh, Governor Polis's desk very soon where they are going to be uh, issuing Colorado driver's licenses for illegal uh, voters or illegal aliens. It'll be marked uh, with saying that the holder is unable to vote. But how do you think that's really going to work out, Steve? And it says that we're surprised some radical group hasn't already demanded licenses not be marked as such, claiming it will stigma- stigmatize or endanger the holder of deportation. Uh, it is absolutely astonishing what is happening here in Colorado. Well, you know, we've been watching. You know, to some degree, it's obviously picked up the pace in the last three months or so. But again, let's change the rules in our favor. You know, these voter ID laws. You know, this national dr- popular vote. National popular vote. Sixteen-year-olds. Uh, Sixteen-year-olds. Yes. Yep. Uh, so it just, uh, you know. Maybe it's supposed to meant to wear people like you and I out. I am fatigued. Well, I, you know what? And that truly, that is a strategy that people get tired of watching. And then they continue. And that's just what I think that uh, with Theresa May's doing is trying to, to work that whole fatigue thing. And uh, that is why we do need to be vigilant. And the other thing is to just put so much out there. And that's why we're doing this show is to work to bring clarity to inform you what's going on and hopefully help to start to get our voices around uh, these important issues. Let's go into the next one. You probably remember that uh, there, let's see, uh, I'm trying, Senators Julie Gonzalez and Angela Williams of Denver, they introduced uh, legislation down at the State House to get rid of the death penalty here in Colorado. But they hadn't done what normally uh, the the Democrats do, and that is they make sure that everybody is on the same train. And uh, uh, let's see, it's Rhonda Fields, uh, Senator Rhonda Fields. Her son was brutally murdered by, uh, he was, I think he was um, waiting to testify 
and he was brutally murdered. I think his, his girlfriend was as well. And the three people, uh, the two or three people that, that did that, they are currently sitting on Colorado's death row. And she's, uh, Senator Rhonda Fields, even, even though she's a Democrat, she totally thinks that that's, um, you know, that's appropriate. And uh, so we see some real infighting now in the uh, Democrat uh, party here in Colorado regarding this, uh, this death penalty repeal. And, you know, the other thing, Steve, I find it so kind of weird to me that these Dems, these radical progressive Dems that want to get rid of the death penalty are also the same people that are uh, in favor of funding Planned Parenthood and that they're in favor of abortion. And, you know, these these little ones are the most vulnerable and they're defenseless. And honestly, I can't understand why they want to make sure that the the bad guys um, get to live and that the little little children don't. I just can't figure that one out. Vote buying. <laughs> What's that? Vote buying. Oh, vo- oh, yeah, okay. Okay, we'll jump into the next one then. Uh, and speaking of that, people are stepping up to do something. There's a petition in Greeley to recall Representative Rochelle Galindo. Uh, the signature collection has begun, and uh, you have to, let's see, uh, we have until, they have until June 3rd to collect 5,696 signatures. And uh, she uh, obviously was... Um, you know, instrumental or, well, in favor of uh, Senate Bill 181, which basically is getting rid of the oil and gas industry. And, of course, Weld County, uh, that is uh, one of their most important industries. And so the people are going to say, you know what, we're not real jazzed about that. So uh, we're going to go to break here in just a little bit. Uh, you'll, uh, I'm really excited to talk with Dr. Bob Goodson, uh, Woodson, who was um, a civil rights activist, and he has a, a real interesting take on AOC. Before we do that, though, Jason McBride with Presidential Wealth Management is on the line. And, Jason, are you excited about the Rockies' home opener today? Oh, sure. I mean, we're a sports town again. we got the Rockies, the Nuggets, the Avs. Maybe the, the Broncos will even behave this year. You never know. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? So, Speaking of behave, behaving, what's the markets doing? Are they behaving? Well, they've been behaving uh, pretty well lately. We've still got, you know, a little bit higher count of uh, the selling days or distribution days. Uh, than you'd like to see, but it, it seems pretty modest, pretty moderate, and the markets continue to try to march higher. Uh, the leading stocks on the market seem to be acting pretty well. That's always a good sign of uh, strength. So right now it, it, it seems okay, but, uh, you know, like they tell you in boxing, protect yourself at all times. Well, that's for sure. And what about these stocks? If you think it's a good company, but they're you're you know they're getting higher and higher. What do you think about that? Do you should you consider them, or what do you think? Well, I think it's perfectly okay, and it's a good thing to buy a stock at a new high. Uh, one reason is there isn't anybody that bought it higher that's looking to sell and put pressure on. But uh, there's certainly an art to it, Kim, and we should probably discuss that maybe on Monday. Um, I don't want to leave people with the impression today, yeah, just go buy everything that's making a new high because that's not going to turn out well. But how about Monday? Uh, we make that a, a subject we talk about in a little bit more detail. Well, I think that sounds great. And then next Wednesday, you're going to be in studio to co-host, so we're going to really be able to delve into some of these subjects as well. 
That sounds good to me. I appreciate it. Okay. Okay, great. Well, wonderful. So be sure and tune in on Monday. We will uh, finish or go more more in depth on this conversation. Jason, thank you so much. If people want more information, check out chickspresidential.com. That's chickspresidential.com. Phone number over there is 303-694-1600. 303-694-1600. We will be right back with Dr. Bob Woodson regarding AOC and her socialist cronies. You want to succeed, so you need to dress for the job, event, or relationship that you seek. For over 30 years, entrepreneur, stylist, and Americhick Kim Munson has been helping women look their very best with well-priced, made-to-measure clothes that fit a busy lady's lifestyle. Gals, if you want to up your game and freshen your look, email Kim at Americhicks.com for your initial style consult. Kim at Americhicks.com. Social media is important to the AmeriChicks, since it's an avenue we can utilize to hear from and speak to all of our friends. For those of you who enjoy listening to the show, we'd love to hear what's on your radar. Follow us and talk to us at AmeriChicks Twitter and Facebook pages. Also, if you're a business owner who could benefit from some extra foot traffic from like-minded friends, consider advertising on the AmeriChicks radio show. Contact us at AmeriChicks.com or email Kim at AmeriChicks.com. Hey, welcome back to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson, where we are dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, we need to be having conversations. Be sure and check out my website, AmeriChicks.com. That is where I am on Facebook and Twitter as well, and offering you a conservatarian perspective. I am thrilled and honored to have on the line with me right now Bob Woodson Sr., Uh, He is the founder of the Woodson Center, founded it back in 1981 to help residents in low-income neighborhoods address the challenges that they are facing. And uh, so welcome, Bob Woodson. It's great to have you with the AmeriChicks. Pleased to be on. I saw you within the last couple of weeks on television. Uh, You were on national TV. Yes, I have been on. And uh, it was interesting to me. It seems like you were addressing the the narrative out there that many of these young socialists in Congress are pushing forward. So what's your thoughts about that? Well, as a veteran of the civil rights movement, um, we fought and went to jail. To We were fighting a, a movement of inclusion. We wanted it to, to the American uh, society to live up to its principles of the founders. And we were fighting for inclusion. We also were fighting for equal opportunity we were not, not fighting for exclusion. And, and so uh, we also fought for meritocracy. We, we wanted to open the doors of opportunity so we could compete. Uh, and, and so what, what the civil rights movement has morphed into now that these young socialists are, are echoing, it has uh, left the moral high ground has become a race grievance industry. Um, and and so right now, poor the, the the strategies that they are recommending to help the poor is just more handouts, more dependency-producing programs like the poverty programs. We spent 22 trillion dollars over the last 50 years to end poverty, where 70 cents of every dollar goes not to the poor but those who serve poor people. And these professional providers ask not which problems are solvable but which ones are fundable. So we've created a commodity out of the poor, 
And that's why, with all of that money, poverty has not budged very much. And yet these unsocialists are taking what has failed over the last 50 years and making it the centerpiece of their agenda today. Well, and you mentioned uh, all of this money that has gone to helping the poor or to help the homeless or to help these challenges. And I've done a lot of volunteer work uh, over the years. And, and what I started to realize is we had these kind of quasi-government nonprofits that instead of getting rid of the problem, it seems like they should be working themselves out of a out of a job. And, you know, we should if we're addressing the homeless problem, we don't want any more homeless. We want to address the problem and have results. But instead, if you if the pro, uh, program continues on, then the money continues on. And I've seen people that have gotten rich off of these programs and uh, instead of helping with the problem. And that's again, the way the system is rigged. Uh, if you're running a program and 70 cents of every dollar you receive to help the poor goes to administration overhead, what incentives do you have if, if the, you only get rewarded for the, the number of people you serve, not the problems that you solve? And that's why what the Woodson Center has done over the last uh, 35 years is to demonstrate an alternative way to help the poor, and that is to apply the principles in our market economy. Only 3% of the people in society in our market economy are entrepreneurs, but they generate 70% of the jobs. Well, if you go into low-income communities like we do uh, and look for the, the, the 30% of the families that are raising children that are not dropping out of school or in jail and drugs, they are the social entrepreneurs. And so we find these people who are, who are achieving against the odds and then uh, provide money and provide assistance to them so they can develop uh, solutions within the community to help themselves uh, to find jobs and to, to mend families. And so that's the approach that I think we ought to be taking, and that is, is to help people to become agents of their own elevation and uplift. Man, I love that. And I believe that every individual, no matter what their descriptor is, you know, black, white, Hispanic, gay, straight, man, woman, that that they each have that within themselves that they can do that. And I've been so frustrated. I really feel that LBJ, Lyndon Baines Johnson, President Johnson, with his great society, you know, it may have been well-intentioned, but what had happened has happened is basically government came to to mothers and um, many times in the black mothers, but also we're seeing that in, you know, uh, white, Hispanic, you know, across the range, that we will take care of you and your children as long as there's not a man in the house. And what that has done to relationships between couples, what it's done, I mean, I think it's really marginalized our, our young men because they haven't had to be responsible, you know, for some of the the choices that they've made. And it's I think it's really decimated. Uh, it's decimated in a way a generation. I think we can get it back. What's your thoughts on that? No, it's true because you have to look back to find out, and particularly in the black community, during the t- 30 years of the Depression from 1930 to 1940, when the unemployment rate in the black community was 40%, our marriage rate was higher than any other group in society. El- elderly people could walk in the community without fear of being mugged by their grandchildren. And so the challenge is, is if it wasn't racism or the history of slavery or anything else that explained how blacks achieved 
under worse conditions then than they do today. So we need to look back to find out uh, how low-income blacks and others were able to keep families together. They're able to to work and to to mend their 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 broken communities. We need to be learning from those lessons from from the past and apply them to the present. Well, and I, I totally agree on that. And one of the other things that you'd mentioned that's jumping out at me is meritocracy. And I believe that given the tools, given competition, that that is the best way to achieve. And I've always been really frustrated with affirmative action. I'm a woman, clearly, but I, I, I want to... I want to achieve it. I don't want to feel like it's been given to me because of a descriptor. And I think that that's been a disservice. I was at a uh, meeting one time, and there was a, a black woman that was sitting behind me, and she had gone to one of the very prestigious schools. I can't remember which one it was. And she had gotten in on her merit. But she said, I was so frustrated because I knew people looked at me and thought that they that um, – I got in because of the color of my skin, and, and that really kind of hit to my heart, uh, Bob. And there are two ways, as a friend of mine said, that you can prevent someone from achieving. One is to deny them by law the way we used to do during segregation, but the other one is to tell them that they don't have to compete, that all they've got to do is sit at the gambling table and wait to be dealt a winning hand. And that is crippling. I think it was Pastor Chuck Swindell said, 10% of our life is defined by external circumstances, what, what has happened, how we were born, the conditions under which uh, are difficult. But 90% of who we are is, is, is our attitude about the 10%. And so that's why programs of social, social uplift that the Woodson Center supports are, have found the magic sauce in the 30% of the families in low-income, drug-infested neighborhoods who are raising children successfully, we record what are the strategies and values that these people reflect. And it is amazing um, what we find. And that's what we ought to be celebrating is how many people who have achieved against the odds. And then our attitude towards the poor is to come uh, equipped with the expectation that everyone in every circumstance has the ability to compete. All they need is the tools and the resources to compete rather than telling them that because of their tortured past that they have just wait for the uh, wait at the winning line to pass without with competition. Well, I, I totally agree with you on that. We've got just a few minutes in this segment. Is there a, a success story with the Woodson Center that just quickly comes to mind that you could share with our listeners? Yeah, just a very quick one. Uh, a few years ago, uh, a single black mom was living in her car in homeless shelters for three years with two teenage girls. And they were uh, studying by cell phone in a homeless shelter. Those girls graduated a valedictorian and a salutedictorian, and it was admitted to college as sophomores because they took so many advanced placement courses. We ought to be listening to and learning how that mother was able to achieve such a wonderful result because she is the real anti-poverty fighter. 
Well, you know, and that comes to mind. Uh, I, I actually have a, a guest on, on on a somewhat regular basis. He's a guy that I met out here in Denver, and he'd been a gang member, and he now is with um, a gang recovery program, uh, helping kids get out of gangs. And so he and I kind of made a deal. He's got a book that he's recommended that I read called The Other West Moore, and I asked him to watch the movie Gifted Hands about Dr. Ben Carson because the, it, it touched my heart what you just said about this mother and these two young young women in this home, homeless shelter and the difference that Ben Carson's mother made in their lives. He said, turn the TV off. We're going to start to read good books. You know, you can't read just read junk. You've got to read good books. That's me. And that's what I'm saying to my kids as well. Uh, but read good books and then ask for that book report. And it can change kids' lives. It really can. And, and that's why... People are motivated to change and improve when you can show them victories that are possible. But when you can constantly bombard them with injuries to be avoided, then there's no incentive for them to achieve. So I just think every conference that we have, participants know the rules are you do not uh, offer up any problem for which you don't have a solution. It doesn't have to be the solution. But we, we should keep naysayers away from us because critics are good, but, but cynicism is what we are facing today, and we need to avoid it at all costs. Uh, now, we're going to go to break here in just a moment, uh, and I'd love to get your comment regarding, I mean, have you thought about this new Green Deal and what that could actually do to people? Yeah, I have. Okay, well then, we're gonna go to we're gonna go to break because I just read that and it was astounding to me. This is Kim Munson with the Americhicks. I'm thrilled to be talking with Bob Woodson Sr. He is the founder of the Woodson Center, which is is helping residents in low income neighborhoods address their challenges. And uh, he says ten percent of the stuff that we has is external. I think you said that was Charles Swindoll. Ninety percent we can change that. And so uh, and that's something that you're doing. And I I love the story that you just shared with us. So this is Kim Munson with the AmeriChicks. We will be right back. Dan Predovich and his team at Predovich and Company help your business plan ahead financially. The AmeriChicks with Kim Munson highly recommends Predovich and Company as your financial business consultant. Predovich and Company will take care of your tax preparation, bookkeeping, and business advisory services. Dan Predovich and his team want to learn about the unique needs of your business through real, honest dialogue. Because of their advanced technological capabilities, Predovich and Company can help clients anywhere in the United States. Call 303-791-3000 to start preparing now for tax season. Organize your business finances with Predovich and Company. Call 303-791-3000 today. Hey, welcome back to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson, where we are dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left, agree or disagree. We need to be having conversations. Be sure and go to my website, AmeriChicks.com. There's all kinds of great information. Sign up for my emails. And uh, I am the AmeriChicks on Facebook and Twitter as well, offering you, you a conservatarian perspective. I am thrilled to have on the line with me Bob Woodson Sr. He is the founder of the Woodson Center. He founded it back in 1981 to help residents in low-income neighborhoods address the challenges of their communities. And I saw him a, a few weeks ago on national TV, and I thought it would be an honor to get to have him on the show. And it's, it is a thrill, Bob. It's great to have you here. 
Pleased to be here. And I really appreciate that last segment talking about uh, meritocracy and equal opportunity and, and to be included. You know, Abraham Lincoln said that a house divided against itself cannot stand. And we, are, we have this, this fomenting of division instead of bringing us together in our country. And one of the things is these young socialists that are in Congress. Uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez has introduced this new green bill, a new green deal. And I would encourage everybody to read it. Instead of listening to all the pundits and what everybody's saying, Read it so that you know what you're talking about. Uh, I've read it, and uh, after I read it, Bob, I was terrified. <laughs> so what's your thoughts? Well, I mean, I think it's just a gimmick. Again, it, it emphasizes that the problems that we face are all external, and therefore it can be fixed by grand government schemes. And the very fact that O'Connell, Senator O'Connell, is forcing a vote on it, I think that's good. Because it, all of these grandiose schemes that, that puts the control of our lives in the hands of government, it would totally wipe out all of our, our, uh, the government's uh, resources to enforce these laws. And I just think it's fanciful and, and dangerous, as you say. But thank God it's so outrageous that I don't think it's going to get any legs at all. I'm glad it's, it's being done by the people who, who are authoring it. And that's by someone who's more talented, you know. Well, and and uh, actually, you know, there were 43 senators that voted present. And we've had some conversations about that. I served for four years on city council in my town. And when I was first on city council, there was something that that was being brought before council and, and was getting pressure that I needed to do a yes vote. And it, it just didn't seem on principle like that was the right thing to do. So I thought, okay, I'll, I'll just vote present. And the uh, city manager said, you've got to take a stand. It's either yes or no. You need to do your research and take a stand. And I thought, you know, you're absolutely right. Life is a contact sport, and we need to take a stand, yes or no. So I took a stand of no on that. And uh, so I cannot believe that there's 43 senators that voted present. Six of them are running for president, uh, mind you. And basically the present vote said that we, I think they're saying we are for the new Green Deal, or they're at least not, not you know, putting a line in the sand. What do you think about these senators that voted present? Well, I think that it's a little cowardly to do that. I mean, if you really believe it and you're going around the campaign trail every day espousing it, then you ought to vote for it. You, you ought to put your principles where your positions are and vote for it. But I think it's the kind of hypocrisy that we that we're facing today in, in public life. And it's unfortunate that, that we have this gladiatorial combat now that masquerades as political debate. If we look at lessons from Dr. King and Man Nelson Mandela and others, these are, are people who said that the way you destroy an enemy is make them your friend. And there was comedy in, in public discourse that's lacking today. But King and Mandela, the very fact that Nelson Mandela, when he was released from prison, would have as his honored guest the warden of the prison who was sent there to work him to death, that's the kind of grace in action that I think Americans are looking for. Well, I think that's for sure. And mentioning Dr. King, you know, in his I Have a Dream speech, 
where he said he uh, dreamt of a time when his children would be judged not by the color of their skin, by the content of their character. And uh, not just within the black I, I mean, I think we have a real question right now about the character of America. And I think we need to be addressing that as individuals and then, of course, as our country. What do you think? No, I agree. Um, Dr. King did say the content of our character, but also the speech that I remember or uh, most was in his I Have a Dream speech. It's his letter from a Birmingham jail when he said that the greatest stumbling block of black progress is not the white citizens' council or the Ku Klux Klan. It is the white moderate. He said lukewarm acceptance from people of goodwill is more difficult to accept an outright rejection of people of ill will. So what Dr. King would say, again, that people should take a position that, and he emphasized the content of our character, should be the, 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 the standard by which we judge people's actions. Uh, but we're not. The very fact that, um, that, that, that people are, are trying to define issues in terms of, of black or white, it, it, it you know, this is not what we fought for in the civil rights movement. We fought for inclusion. I didn't. I didn't go to jail and struggle in the civil civil rights movement, so that there can be a separate black and brown prom. Right. Right. Well, into that, this as I read the New Green Deal, I mean, there, it's actually a piece of legislation that was um, presented. So I printed it off, and so when these elected or these politicians are saying that you know they don't really know what's in it or or you know they're they're just they're not telling us the truth because I've got it right here but there's something bob that I I I could feel it but I there's a word to it now and it's being taught on college campuses and it's called intersectionality and right here in the new green deal on page 4 you can see it and this is what it's saying it's it's trying to to bring these people into groups bring individuals into groups that um then feel marginalized. They call them systemic injustices. And they, these are the communities that they're looking to, the indigenous communities, communities of color, migrant communities, deindustrialized communities, depopulated rural communities, the poor, low-income workers, women, the elderly, the unhoused, people with disabilities, and youth. And so they're trying to bring them all together uh, I think to push forward their agenda, this new Green Deal. And there's great danger in becoming a member of a group instead of realizing that, you know, that may be a descriptor, but you are an individual. You are in charge of your destiny instead of the group. Yes, I, I, I just think one of the worst things that happen is this intersectionality. I, I, some years ago, I was honored by my alumni associates at, at the uh, University of Pennsylvania. It was fascinating. It was my first exposure to, to this issue. The, the board of directors was meeting. They, it was a 50-minute meeting. They spent 40 minutes deciding the racial, ethnic makeup of the board of directors and only 10 minutes on what the board is supposed to could do. Wow. <laughs> and, <laughs> and that's a metaphor for what's happening today. We spend, we're trying to unite us by excluding one another. <laughs> it's called you, you, unity through exclusion. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Unity through exclusion. Yeah, we we uh we're all individuals. We're all we're human beings. We're all part of the human race. In fact, that reminds me, we've just got a few minutes, but I went to the doctor 
And they uh, were asking me all these different questions, you know, as you're mm-hmm. signing in. And so they asked me race. And I'm, so I just said human. They go, oh, well, that's not on here. And I'm like, well, I'm going to stick with that one. They go, I like that, though. So I think we need to remember we're all part of uh, one race, the big human race. No, that's true. And, um, but I'm, I'm hopeful and optimistic uh, because the 3,000 groups served by the Woodson Center, over 39 states, they are black, white, Hispanic, they are Native American, and I believe that whites who live in trailer parks who voted for Donald Trump have more in common with blacks and browns living in cities whose communities are overrun with drugs and alcohol, because what both communities suffer in common is brokenness, and what's going to allow us to come together is uniting to address that brokenness and and bring about some healing in the country. Oh, man, I love all the words that you're using to come together to heal, to heal this brokenness. So the Woodson Center, it's woodsoncenter.org. We've got just two minutes here. Bob, what would be your final thoughts? Well, I think, first of all, I think we, we should not despair that there's all kinds of evidence that deep in the DNA of this country there's a there's a desire to support virtue in action. Some, a couple of weeks ago, you may remember, this little boy took a picture of his dad opening a donut shop, and he had no customers. And the little boy took a picture of his father standing alone and also the empty parking lot. And within 24 hours, there were 270 responses of people flooding the, the airways with it and, and, and selling him out. This is the real America. This is, this is the America that I love and serve. Uh, and there are all kinds of examples of people, once they see a need and someone uh, in need, uh, America's spontaneous response is to help. Well, that's so we should be inspired by those examples of grace and action. Well, you know, I, and I think that uh, your message is so inspirational. And that's where we need to focus, uh, because the American idea, you know, in its truest sense, uh, what you talked about is, you know, coming together and equal opportunity and meritocracy. You know, there's something so unique about that. And we need to continue to focus on the things that inspire us and bring us together instead of the things that divide us. So Bob Woodson with the WoodsonCenter.org, just thank you so much. And thank you for the work that you've been doing since 1981. Uh, because I believe I believe in this human race, and I believe in this American idea. Thank you. I enjoyed it. Okay, thanks. That was Bob Woodson. Thank you so much. And our quote for today is right from the Declaration of Independence, that we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. So this is Kim Munson with the AmeriChick signing off, and today, read great books. Think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. God bless you, and God bless America. And I don't want no one to cry, but tell them if I don't